Good morning. It's seven minutes after nine o'clock, and uh, coming up uh, about a half an hour from now, maybe a little, a uh, little bit more than that, is uh, Representative Eric Burleson. He's going to be on the program. Uh, he's going to make a regular appearance, and it'll be a, a kind of a what happened last week and what's going to happen this week. Uh, we'll talk to him about the speakership. We'll talk to him about Israel foreign policy, national debt. Got a lot of ground to cover with him. So uh, if you want. Uh, Really, I think uh, a pretty good guy's uh, insight, that'll happen somewhere around 940, 945, something like that. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Bidenomics on the uh, uh, on the mind, along with more bad news for battery-powered cars. Oh, Lord. Uh, but before we do any of that, uh, Brian, good news. Kim Kardashian wants to sell you underwear. Oh, fantastic. I knew you'd, you'd, they're called skims, and apparently um, they're making inroads. They're, they're trying to sell men skims. <laughs> skims, huh? Skims. That's, uh, I don't know if that, that makes you thinner or something like that, but uh, she says that we're trying to excel and show men that they're just a different level of comfort and performance. And, well, I tell you what, you go first and let uh, me know no, how that... I'm driving. I couldn't possibly. <laughs> Listen to the pricing on this. Prices range from 16 to $54. I don't know. Guys, think about underwear differently than women. We will keep a pair of underwear. The elastic can be shot and separating from the rest of the, of the, of the underwear. And we'll hang on to them just in case we don't get the laundry done. <laughs> uh, they can be years and years old. I cannot imagine spending $54 on a pair of, of, of underwear. Can you? No. Uh-uh. Uh, packs come from $42 to $98, uh, and they'll feature cotton, stretch, and compression fabrics. Uh, will run from XS to 5X. In case anybody out there is... What, what next? Spanks for men or something? I. <laughs> oh, oh. I don't know a straight guy in the world would spend $98 uh, or 54 bucks on just a pair of underwear. I, <laughs> you just have one pair, right? I wash them uh, every week, yeah. <laughs> don't, tell disgusting. me the truth. If your wife doesn't throw them out, do you, do you throw them out? I mean, it, they've got to be looking like they've been shot at uh, before I throw them out. Um, yeah, pretty, there are some holes in some of them, but... Yeah, you keep them just in case, <laughs> you know? <laughs> just getting really personal, you know? <laughs> I had no idea where you're going down. Hey, how long do you keep your underwear? <laughs> well, come on, guys are not that... Women will, uh, you know... They're constantly uh, updating and, and tossing. Yes, uh, we just we're just not that picky, <laughs> and I can't imagine spending fifty four bucks on a on a pair of boxers. I mean, it's <laughs> I can't tell you the joke that came to mind, but I, I know I know it. it. I'd be getting more than underwear for that kind of money. <laughs> I wonder what women think about that because because we don't uh, you know pay as much attention to that. I suppose. I don't know. Just seemed like an awful lot of money uh, for a pair of underwear. And I just didn't think that most guys really cared uh, to spend that kind of money. 
there is a, apparently, and, and I, I suggested this the day after uh, Israel was attacked, go out and get a gun, uh, practice. You don't know where the bad guy is. I said there would be a surge. You want to get to it early. Uh, NBC News, quote, not safe anywhere now. American Jews are flocking to gun training classes. We can't put down the phone without picking up the next one, said Rabbi Los, uh, uh, in Los Angeles that runs a nonprofit group that offers firearm training to the Jewish community. Uh, the first person they talked to, Henya uh, Chain, says, uh, always been terrified of guns. The Orthodox Jewish artist and mother of two felt uneasy about her husband's decision to buy a handgun after they moved to Florida from New York last year. I would just block it out of my mind that it's in the house. She's only 26 years old. Um, after watching the events unfold in Israel, she's taken steps she's never imagined herself taking. She attended a gun safety seminar at her synagogue last week, followed by a one-on-one -on -one session with, at a local shooting range. Even at the range, I just wanted to drop the gun and run back home. I was so scared. I'm terrified of it. You know, if, if, you're, if you're terrified of guns, then perhaps this is not uh, you know, something that you should pursue. Though you should understand them, how they work, uh, I, would, I would recommend doing that. But if you're not terrified, you just think gun control is the way to go and blah, blah, blah. But now you're a little concerned for your own well-being and that of your family. Go take a class. Go take a class. I don't know who to recommend in, uh, in central Missouri. I used to recommend uh, Tim Oliver at LearnToCarry.com. But I think Tim is kind of semi-retired, if not completely retired. He was, in my mind, one of the best instructors. But there are plenty out there. Uh, you can call... Uh, some of the gun dealers in central Missouri or wherever you're at and ask them for a recommendation. They'll, they'll have a, a, a probably good recommendation. But you don't know where the bad guy is. And you know what? If the bad guy never pops up, you never have to draw the weapon in, in fear or anger. It's just like having a fire extinguisher in the kitchen. If you never have a fire, that's great. But if you do... That's handy to have. Uh, I'm just saying. All right, 874-9390, toll-free number 800-529-5572. That, uh, that gets you uh, in uh, to chat with yours truly. You can go to GaryNolan.com, send me a message there. Uh, more bad news for the battery-powered car industry. It appears nobody can sell the damn things. General Motors is pulling back. They can't give them away either. Uh, last week, they said they're delaying their electric pickup truck production in Michigan, citing slow demand for EVs and the need to make them more profitable. By the way, Brian, I saw the new Tesla pickup truck. Everybody is... Oh, did you? Yeah. You know how much that bad boy weighs? Oh, man. I was thinking you were going to ask me how much it costs, but weighing? I, no, I have no idea. Would you believe, depending on how many motors, you can get two motors or three. If you get a three-motor Tesla pickup truck, it will weigh about 9,000 oh pounds. God. And if how long get, do the tires last with one of those vehicles? Uh, not long. Yeah. Not long. If you get uh, the two-motor version, it only weighs 8,000 pounds. Whew. Eight or nine 
thousand pounds. Most cars probably weigh somewhere in the neighborhood of three thousand. So a nine thousand pound car, that truck would weigh about three times, roughly three times the weight of an average car. Think about that, you uh, greenies out there who just can't wait for battery-powered vehicles. <laughs> These garages that are stacking cars, you know, they're, they're, they're based on a weight of 3,000, 3,500, and suddenly every vehicle weighs three times that? Yeah, and they have to have a crane to pull out the battery when it goes bad. Can you well, imagine the, the weight of that thing? Yeah, it is, this is so bad. This is so stupid. Uh, and and apparently, the way that the government has structured this, with the so you know, the government didn't come right out and like mandate you have to build uh, just battery powered cars. Instead, the tact is twofold. In some states, they're saying you can't sell an internal combustion engine, which means <laughs> you you got to find some other way to propel the vehicle. It's got to be a battery. Uh, and at the federal level, they're pushing these standards that are virtually impossible to meet. By the way, uh, I just read that uh, Mercedes is having a hard time getting rid of their battery-powered vehicles. General Motors, Ford. These things are not popular. And there is a reason. And, they're, you know, when they're figuring out you know, how green the damn things are, I wonder if they're computing how much more quickly they run through tires. How much more frequently roads will have to be repaved? <laughs> they don't think about anything until, you know, the last minute. Yeah. Oh, only, yeah, we forgot that. Yeah, their, their only look is, oh, look, there's nothing coming out of my tailpipe. That's it. There's a whole lot more to it than that. So now you got the strike, the auto workers, and these battery-powered cars apparently assembling them uh, can result in far fewer workers necessary. Uh, I don't know all of the details on that, but that's got to hurt the unions. They're just shooting themselves in the foot. And, and these battery-powered cars are killing them. But the way they've regulated it, uh, it just, it, it, it's, it, it's killing the auto industries. They literally would be better off Paying the fine for not producing enough battery-powered cars, then losing so much money on every car that it, it, it adds up to more. Uh, the average projected compliance cost for vehicles for D3 is $2,151. Uh, for non-D3, auto manufacturers see only an increase of $546. Uh, so the the auto industry said that uh, you know, it's just it better off to <laughs> to pay the damn fine. So they're just squeezing us left and right. Unbelievable. All right, let me see here. Uh, Doug says uh, Ammo Alley in Jeff City has a great indoor range. Uh, Doug Alley is also uh, regularly offering classes for beginners for CCW. I was t we opened uh, talking about uh, th this demand for training. Uh, so if you're down in Jeff City, uh, Doug seems to have a great deal of faith in, uh, in uh, Ammo Alley. Go there and find out. They got an indoor range. Way to go. Get your training. 
Up against the clock, got to take a quick break. Uh, it's the Gary Nolan Show. And it's the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 22 minutes after 9 o'clock. And um, Eric Burleson, Representative Burleson, is going to be on. We'll talk to him about the speakership. Uh, we'll talk to him about uh, Israel and uh, national debt, all kinds of things. Uh, he's going to be a regular uh, kind of filling us in on what happened last week and what's coming up this week. Uh, and they are going to have a meeting this evening, try and do a vote, kind of see who's next in line to try for the speakership. We'll see if we can get some inside news there. Uh, Brian, uh, how did uh, the Chiefs do? Chiefs won uh, six and one. I see the uh, Browns won too. Yeah, you're four and two. Yeah, it's kind of kind of moderate, but uh, you know, we'll just wait till next year. Yeah. Well, wait till we kick you guys butts. <laughs> Keep I, dreaming, pal. The two teams I care most about are the Browns and the Chiefs, and if it comes down to it, between the two of them. I'm going to be pulling for the Browns. Well, we got Taylor Swift. Oh, you see. All right. Well, now we don't have a chance. <laughs> now we're now we're toast. So uh, we're kind of pulling up hind end in uh, the AFC North. Not too bad, uh, if you say so. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> the Ravens, then the Steelers, then Cleveland, then Cincinnati, and then I, and I think we play uh, Seattle. I think you're right. Maybe check. You know what we? You know we get through doing this. We had to do two hours over at uh, the sports station. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I think we're ready for that now. Uh-huh. You, you don't. <laughs> you don't. You don't think so? Huh? Uh no. Huh? Oh Lord, don't think so. Uh, all right, we were talking about these battery-powered cars, and uh, apparently there are a couple of new studies on global warming, and. They account for any temperature vary. I mean, they part of the problem. Uh, I think they said forty percent of the problem with the so-called uh, temperature records is the heat, the urban heat island effect. And when they put these thermometers out decades ago, uh, they were in the middle of nowhere. Now they're you know cities have been built up around them, and because cities have blacktop and all kinds of uh, mechanicals. Uh, air conditioners and furnaces and everything, those temperatures are way off. And this is peer-reviewed and published, apparently, in a couple of very prominent papers. And that there is, and, and really we ought to get to, to uh, Tony Lupo, uh, if we can. He's the, uh, the uh, professor of uh, environmental... Uh, what is what exactly is his title again? Is it Atmospheric... Atmospheric... Science professor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other part of it is apparently the sun is, and I know this is silly. <laughs> why would you think? Why would you think there'd be any warming from the sun? <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I mean, and if there is, as humans, we can affect the climate. Why don't we just push the sun back? You know, maybe a mile or so, and then everything will be fine. Or we just push the planet. Yeah, a little closer to Mars, make it easier right. to travel. Yeah. They're just wasting way too much time and energy on this whole electric car thing, trying to change the temperature of the planet that way. Oh, I like. Why the don't people, they just get real? I like the people who want to seed the atmosphere. Yes. <laughs> oh, what could possibly go wrong there? Nothing. Yeah, we'll just we'll have to leave a, a, a tablet somewhere that explains how we die by being frozen out. 
but they they uh, they've got these uh, studies. They're peer reviewed. Uh, these are scientists, really reputable, and they say this is all Bravo Sierra. Now, what's interesting is they got peer reviewed, and nobody has refuted their observations. Nobody has said here's why they're wrong. They've done the ad hominem attacks. Oh, they're just weirdos. They're way out. They're, they're goofballs. But nobody has said, well, here's where they've made a mistake. Here's where their calculations are wrong. They haven't, they haven't been able to do that. Uh, I don't know if it's going to get um, the kind of coverage that it should. If you want more details on this, you know how I love the uh, epic uh, uh, times. They've got a, a piece called Settled Science, Climate Emergency No Longer Settled Science. Watch that and listen. I feel so sorry for all these people who have been victims of government schools who come away believing this is absolutely the case. When in fact, it's not. They're uh, doing it, that in so many different uh, areas, too. Yes. Now there's uh, more than two genders and... I mean, it goes on and on and on. They're just brainwashing people. And yeah. they come out believing it. And not accomplishing what they're supposed to. <laughs> they can't read. They can't do math. Uh, they don't know their history. It's, it's hard to understand why we pay so much for all that bad news. It, 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 it's expensive. And it's going to ruin the country. But we'll do it. Nobody will... Nobody will back away. I think I've, I think, Brian, and I was thinking about this this morning. I think I have attacked just about every sacred government <laughs> institution that, uh, that, that America believes in. Public schools, public libraries, uh, uh, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, welfare. Haven't got to health care yet, though. Well, I, Medicare and, and Medicaid. Yeah, kind of. And I've gone after the uh, Food and Drug Administration. So I, I think every sacred government institution that we all think we can live without, I've managed at one point or another to attack. I'm starting to feel guilty. I, I'm betting there are no government employees that, <laughs> that cheer the program on. Yeah, go get them, Gary. Take away my job. Can't wait. All right. Uh, Wall Street Journal has a piece on why Bidenomics isn't popular. Uh, most of us would just say, well, plain old inflation. But it, it's more than just plain old inflation. Uh, yeah, Americans uh, have uh, become wealthier during Biden's tenure, but they don't feel it. They're cash poorer. Even if you got a raise, it chances are isn't keeping up with, with the inflation. So... After adjusting for inflation, the typical white family, uh, the income went up 1.3%. The report uh, that uh, generated this says, uh, but it shows declines for black and Hispanic families of 1.6 and 1.1% respectively. Wages for minorities didn't keep up with inflation and those for whites barely did. Once again, the Democrats coming to the aid of minorities by destroying their economic future. More coming up 
on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. And it is uh, 35 minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. And let me just finish this. Um, I'm trying to... What? Here's what I'm going to do. Apparently... Good Lord, that was a lot of work. I am going to uh, play the uh, the epic interview about uh, global warming and these uh, latest studies because uh, people are asking, oh, for God's sakes, maybe I won't do it after all, Brian. Uh, it is really complicated to get everything. I got to move everything from one computer to the other. And I'll, I'll try and do that in a few minutes, um, and I will play the audio so you can hear the interview uh, about this, these two new studies. Uh, and, and I think it's like 50 different scientists behind it uh, that were printed in peer review. And I'm sorry, 97% of scientists have already concluded that uh, the global warming that we're experiencing is man-made. So just put that aside. It's already been debunked, whatever you're going to provide. Oh. So, I'm just trying to help. You know, you're wasting a lot of time on this issue. It's already been decided, you know. Uh, you think so? Yeah, uh-huh. There's a documentary that Al Gore put out uh, many years ago. You should have watched it. It's really informative. So I think it's in our school systems now. Well, uh, let's, uh, what? Well, I'm just... I'm, well, you're multitasking, you're, aren't you? Yes, I, I can, am. I can tell. I'm trying... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just trying to get this damn thing to play on the other computer. In other news, the argument that climate change is settled science, well, it's no more. Scientists and researchers are now stepping forward and declaring that the narrative is fake. Many are arguing that, while well, yes, the climate changes, they're saying there's no climate emergency. So... What's the case? What's behind this whole debate? Here to speak with us about it is award-winning international journalist and Epic Times contributor, Alex Newman. Hey, Alex, thanks for being here. Great to be here. Thank you, Josh. So, Alex, we've been told for a long time the climate change emergency is settled science. It looks like it's no longer settled. Uh, what happened? Well, there's a series of three new peer-reviewed papers published in major prestigious scientific journals just over the last month or so. And uh, taken together, they completely undermine the alleged scientific consensus on man-made global warming. Um, one of them found that about 40% of the observed warming can be explained away using the urban heat island effect. So to try to summarize that, basically a lot of these thermometers were put out there in an open field, in a rural area, a city was built up around it, and so it gets warmer, obviously, not because there's global warming, but because there's a city around the thermometer. Uh, the rest of the warming, they found, can be easily explained using changes in uh, solar activity that NASA has been tracking meticulously for many decades. And so, uh, right now, these are in the peer-reviewed literature, and instead of responding to this, you've got the climate establishment going on Twitter and saying these guys are basically poo-poo heads and clowns and deniers. Uh, so, you know, at, at this point, you wonder, do they have a scientific response? Because if they did, they would probably write a peer-reviewed paper to refute the ones that just undermined their, their claims. Well, how did they get them in, you know, it's hard to get a peer-reviewed peer -reviewed paper when it comes to these topics. What was the kind of hole in the, the wall that brought this about, so to speak? 
Uh, you're right. It is very hard to get any peer-reviewed studies in the journals uh, because there's there's almost like a, an iron wall blocking this. And we, we got some insight into this during the ClimateGate scandal in 2009 when a bunch of emails were hacked and leaked to the public showing a bunch of uh, so-called climate scientists, in fact, some of the leading so-called climate scientists, conspiring to hide their data from other researchers, conspiring to hide the decline in global temperatures, and conspiring to silence any scientists who wouldn't go along with the narrative, keep them out of the journals, keep them out of uh, the, you know, TV, media interviews, etc. And so what happened is these papers were just really solid. Um, you know, these three journals that published them, they're not known for being, uh, you know, climate denier uh, publications, but the science was very sound. Uh, they did one special issue in the journal Climate, for example. They had uh, some guest editors, including Dr. Ned Nikolov, uh, who I wrote about back in 2017. They looked at this. They said, "Wow, you know, th- this is correct as best as we can tell." So the peers looked at it. They accepted it, and um, you know, th- this is a really prestigious team, Josh. We're talking about almost 40 scientists from around the world. Uh, the lead author, Dr. Willie Soon, one of the world's top astrophysicists, if not the top astrophysicist, he used to be at the Harvard Smithsonian. You've got uh, Ronan Connolly. Uh, these are very, very well-established, very prestigious, highly credentialed experts. And um, you know, it, it's good to, to finally see some alternative viewpoints published in the peer-reviewed literature. I think the dam is finally cracking, Josh. Yeah, well, you know, what I've heard from a lot of people before was that nobody dares say it. Everybody understands it. Nobody dares say it. What effect are we seeing now that some pretty credible people are stepping forward on this? Uh, that's exactly right. And and I reached out to a lot of scientists for my article in the Epic Times about this. And over and over again, I kept saying, you know, I'd love to comment, but I can't because my funding is going to be jeopardized. My grant's going to be jeopardized. You know, if I get associated with saying that these papers are important, uh, I'm going to be, um, you know, labeled and I won't be able to participate anymore in scientific debates. So there's still a, a very real sense that that's going on. But what you, when you look at the, the scientists behind these papers, uh, for example, Dr. Willie Soon, uh, these are people who've now moved away from the major institutions. Uh, Dr. Willie Soon ended his, his time at Harvard-Smithsonian last year, and they're now working independently. So they have a, an organization called CERIS. That's the real issue, right? Uh, any scientist who comes out and says, hey, the U.N. is not telling the truth, the federal government is not telling the truth, they're, they're, their grants are going to dry up. Uh, if they're not tenured, they're going to be at risk of losing their job. But when you take a bunch of scientists who are completely independent, who don't need federal grants, who don't need to participate with the U.N., they have a lot more freedom, and I think that's what's going on here. So that's the story, and it's peer-reviewed, and nobody's attacking the studies. Uh, they're just uh, ad hominem attacks against the guys who put it together, and they're apparently pretty pretty credentialed. Uh, maybe if, if uh, Tony Lupo uh, gets a chance to look some of this up, he'll call us, and uh, we'll chat with him about that. In the meantime, I'm pleased to tell you that Representative Eric Burleson is on board with us this morning, kind of give us a wrap-up of last week, what's coming up next week. Uh, We'll talk to him about uh, the uh, leadership in the House. Brian, if we take a break now, we can come back. We can take a break now, sure. All right, and then we can take him right to the top of the hour without interruption. Gary Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 947. Glad to have you with us. We kind of rearranged the clock a little bit so we didn't have to interrupt our our first uh, interview of the program, which is with uh, Representative Eric Burleson. Uh, welcome to the program, sir. Glad to have you with us. Hey, Gary. Good to be back. Uh, we've got to start with probably the most pressing problem Republicans in the House of Representatives face, and that is the speakership. Uh, Jim Jordan uh, didn't uh, didn't achieve the, the correct number of votes, uh, but he's really popular with the rank-and-file Republicans. Uh, let me ask you, who's next in line? Who... who uh, yeah. Looks good. Well, 
Well, Gary, before I talk on next, I just want to say some things about Jim Jordan, uh, who I, he is a hero of mine, and I cannot believe that uh, the Republican conference turned him down. I have seen uh, swampiest things in my life the last week in the takedown of Jim Jordan, because this is a guy, I think the thing is, is that the deep state knew, and all these appropriators knew, that when Jim Jordan said he was going to make budget cuts, that he meant it. I mean, the guy wrote a book saying, do what you said you were going to do. And I think that we, you know, what everybody back home knows we is that Republicans often run saying a lot of things and then they don't end up doing it and they become like Democrat light. And, but we didn't know who the, who was the deep state until last week when those members reared their ugly head and actually voted against America's, the Republican party's hero, which is Jim Jordan. And so I'm, I'm still angry about that. And I don't know, I might still vote for Jim Jordan on the floor just to send a message to the appropriators. If you guys uh, play, play around too much sending messages, uh, isn't there a fear that, that uh, this is going to really hurt the Republicans in the long run? I mean, shouldn't there we just... Is, there is. Look, there's candidates that I can support on the first round. Probably half of the candidates that are up there I can support in the first round. But what I'm trying to say, Gary, is that these appropriators, they, they took down the conservative hero so that they could get someone that's going to let them spend uncontrollable amounts of money. And I'm not going to let that happen on my watch. I think that there is a moment where, there, where it is time to stand up and say, this is not acceptable. I don't care how much you think the crisis is. It's, it's the real crisis is that we're $33 trillion in debt. And we spend an, an $2 trillion more every year. We don't have, a, we have an open border. We cannot afford all of the aid to all these foreign countries when we have our fiscal house in disarray and our border in shambles. I can't argue that. I've been arguing about this national debt uh, for several years now, uh, and nobody wants to touch it. Uh, if, if the Republicans touch it, uh, then... Uh, President Trump is going to attack if you because the the debt is really being driven by three things: uh, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, and the third is uh, the military. And nobody wants to nobody wants to do anything about it. And 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 we just we're headed to oblivion. So you know, one yeah. of the things that Matt Gates argued was that um, in order to get to the speakership, Kevin McCarthy. Uh, said he would uh, pass single-subject uh, spending bills, uh, votes on a balanced budget uh, and term limits, um, the January 6th tapes. None of that stuff happened. Right. And and honestly, now, more than ever, um, and coming to the conclusion that it's the appropriators that are at fault, because the conference agreed, McCarthy agreed, that we were going to pass the appropriation bills to the 20, the pre-COVID levels plus inflation. So in other words, go back to the even unsustainable levels that were prior to what we, how we blew things open under COVID. At least we can agree we'll go back to those spending levels plus inflation, right? That's like the baseline that conservatives fought for it whenever McCarthy became speaker and he agreed to it. But the appropriators wouldn't agree to that. And so the, the, the level was one, one trillion four hundred seventy-one uh, billion dollars. The appropriators blew through that and went all the way to one point, almost one point six trillion dollars. And, and so this is. And then we spent the four or five months 
just trying to wrangle in the appropriators. And when McCarthy couldn't do it, and then he ended up uh, bringing up the continuing resolution uh, because he couldn't get the real appropriation bills to the floor at the, at the, the agreed upon levels, the levels that he promised, he was stuck. And Matt Gates did what, you know, he, he felt like he had to enforce the mechanisms of the, of the lack of... Uh, yeah, the contract, the deal that they made. Yeah. But can't, yeah. can't, can't you guys write uh, your budget and then put it out there, and if they don't vote for it, it's, you know, at least you're standing on principle. Right, it, but, and, I, and I agree, I totally agree, and I, I'm new to this, so I don't know how the strategy works, but so far the appropriators have won. Oh, man. Uh, all right, well, we'll just have to, maybe you throw your hat in the ring. Um, wouldn't mind having no a speaker from Missouri. All right, all right, let's let's move on from the. Uh, you guys are going to have a meeting tonight. Uh, now, is everybody going to be in that meeting? Is all are all the Republicans going to be in that, or just some of them? Um, it's not. There's no vote happening tonight, so it'll be folks like myself and probably the vast majority of the party to hear speeches, nominating speeches for the eight or nine candidates, which will take forever. And then tomorrow morning we will have the votes. Right, but you guys do you you, you kind of take a role when you're uh, you know hearing those speeches don't you before you send them out on the floor because you don't want another embarrassing loss right. in front of and the I, Democrats I, I agree and I, what I'm trying to do is get the uh, conservative conference the, those of us uh, whether they're freedom caucus or non-freedom caucus members that are conservative that are still mad about Jim Jordan together to send a message that says look if you want to vote on the first round these people, these individuals that are running are non-starters. And that way you let, let the rest of the conference know, okay, why, we're not going to try to pick these people because we know it'll be a, a fight on the floor. These are, this is the safe bet. Pick amongst one of these. At least we're near, we're getting, getting to something. Uh, if you just turn the radio on, Representative Eric Burleson is on board with us uh, this morning on uh, the Gary Nolan Show. Mitch McConnell apparently is agreeing with uh, President Biden to bundle uh, Ukraine and Israeli funding. Uh, where do you stand on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. Mitch has clearly become uniparty um, and, uh, and doesn't really care about the, you know, the financial interest in the United States. I don't, I'm not, a, I voted against Ukraine funding every time. I think it's disgusting to to try to tie those two together. They are not even comparable. Israel is facing an existential crisis. We owe it to them. We, they've, we've been allies with Israel since they first became a nation. And I think, and they, and Israel has been loyal to the United States to, to every end, unlike Ukraine. And I think that uh, we, we owe it to Israel. We have no obligations to Ukraine. And to compare the two is not, is not acceptable. Furthermore, I would say the most important thing is the border. When you have an administration that will not close the border, and now they're asking for eight for more more dollars for the border, that's look, Gary. Dollars are not going to fix the border. Policies are going to fix the border. It doesn't matter how many border patrol agents you have. What Biden is doing is making them the concierge for people that are immigrating across the nation. So we don't need more people to aid the flood of illegal immigrants, we need policies that will shut the border down. 
Well, you well, you got a welfare state that is seductive as hell, especially if you're living in some of the third world countries that uh, these people are coming from. Uh, we have made it virtually impossible. We have combined a welfare state with open borders. And you can't have that. And I don't think you can ever seal the border off. I think they'll tunnel under. I think we just saw that in Israel. Uh, they'll swim around. Uh, they'll find ways into the country. We really have to address the real problems, and I don't think uh, Congress is ready to do that. But I want to move on to a different topic. You and I can discuss that in another day. I want to talk about uh, President Biden. Um, I've got two minutes left. He bought that house in Connecticut. He, he bought his house for cash? Where the hell did he get the money for that? Do you have any idea where they got all that? Well, I'll give you... I'll give you one example. So the Democrats and the mainstream media have said uh, for all these months that, oh, where's the money to Joe Biden? We, we, we can point to money from Burisma and the Chinese energy company and all these foreign oligarchs sending money to Jim Biden and to Hunter. But where's but, but that's where they felt like the money stopped, that nothing went to Joe. Well, we found a check last week that was a two hundred thousand dollar check from Jim Biden to Joe Biden. And it was and it was sent the same day that Jim Biden received a two hundred thousand dollar money wire from a AmeriCorps, which is a not to be confused with the international group. It's uh, it, uh, AmeriCorps, a hospital chain, rural hospital chain, the chain that was under under bankruptcy and and uh, it was basically a fraud scheme that Jim Biden was involved in, and Joe Biden ended up getting the, the benefits. Of that, yeah, the, I think the administration is saying, "Oh, that was a debt that he was repaying." Well, where then? Where's the loan? Okay, uh-huh. a two hundred thousand dollar debt is is a is not chump change, and so where's where's what was the debt for? What was the loan for? Where did the what was? Were there any any written documentation for the terms of the loan? I know it's between two yeah. brothers. I'm so running out of time. I've only got 30 use. seconds, but I will tell you that the Internal Revenue Service won't let you loan that kind of money without charging interest. Somebody needs to right. find out if uh, if interest was paid on that loan. Yeah, it, it, to me, they're using the term loan to avoid taxation. So Jim Biden receiving that, all that money from the, this business... And then he caught, labeled it under loan repayments is tax evasion. Yeah, I, I think so might, too. Might be said for Joe Biden. Representative Eric Burleson on board with us. Uh, we welcome you back next week. Thank you, sir, for being on with us. Thank you, Gary. Anytime. Yeah. All right, it's the Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show.